Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have Calvin Cater on the show, the number six ranked featherweight in the UFC as of the taping of this podcast. Uh, if you're watching in the future, he might be the champion by now. Uh, he might be the number one contender. Um, that's the reason he's on the podcast today. I wanted him on here because he's a rising star and somebody who I think is going to make a huge impact in the sport. Uh, champion uh, material, I think he could very likely be a champion. And quite frankly, I wanted to get to know him a little bit more. I, I think that he has an interesting background, uh, a long, extensive background. Um, he's got a lot of experience, but he's just now making his way in that top five. And so I want to get to know him a little bit more. So let's find out his story. So Calvin, welcome welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. Yeah, it's good to have you on, man. You're making a lot of hype, and I wanted you on the show because I honestly, truly believe you're going to be a big star in the division. Thank you very much, man. Coming from you, that means a lot. I appreciate it, man. And like, uh, you know, I'm not going to get too deep in your fights. I know you do a lot of interviews. You've done a lot lately. Um, I actually tried to find your meat truck diaries. I guess you, I saw a picture on your Instagram, but has it not came out yet or what? Because I searched, I couldn't find it. No, no. I think it should come out sometime early next week, I believe. But I go all the way to, to Cali to do the Brendan Shaw food truck. And nice. they, they served me some main lobster. Okay. <laughs> little insight. I'm a New England guy. Yeah. But yeah, of course. That, but it was good, man. He's a good guy. It was a good, good time. But going to a couple of your fights just really fast, man. The Zabit fight, man. You really, you really had a hard fight, and like that was just a man. You guys, you guys had a rough fight. Did you get fight of the night on that? Was that a fight performance night? I think we did, but to me, that was not you know fight of the night like that. It, it's, it aggravates me. It's like I get fight of the night for that one. It was almost like a, I think like a, a pity hit, a fight of the night for me because I probably flew to Russia for it. I made it happen. It was supposed to be in Boston. I think they just kind of threw me a little something extra. But the knockouts over Ricardo Lamas and then the, the elbow to Jeremy Stevens putting him out. Those ones didn't really get me a bonus. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason. <laughs> the, the, the bonuses are like the rankings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're <laughs> saying. I want to talk knows. about Jeremy, too. But I think it was the details about the Zabit fight, because like, I mean, I, I think you were you were supposed to lose that fight. The guy had a lot of hype, you know, all, all the circumstance behind it, like you said, the Russia thing. And you kind of I mean, you <laughs> you had a great fight, man. And then you got stronger as the fight went on. And like you, you kind of like like kind of ruined that hype a little bit, you know, even though he got the win and uh, not, not a little bit, you ruined yeah. the hype. And, and uh, I think you proved a lot, made me a fan as your fight IQ, your fortitude, the way you can adapt, the way you can uh, get stronger throughout the fight. And, and that was all very uh, re respectable, man. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we're, I'm learning more now than I ever have my whole career. It's still, uh, you know, we're still, getting better every time which is crazy it's awesome I, I really feel like i'm i'm the best me i've ever been stepping in there and uh most updated version with sabita it's like uh you know three rounds we only get three rounds of mma fighters and you do want to download a little bit those are small gloves you know but um felt them on a little maybe too long and and, and that first round it was, <clears throat> it was super close i think a takedown might have stole the round but it was a lot of flashy stuff uh with him and i kind of let him um you know just look like he was busier but it was the most frustrating thing after the fight when my body's completely healthy and I yeah. have an L and, you know, I'm just sitting yeah, on that L right now. And then I was, it really put me in a, a good perspective though, uh, in hindsight now going into pre pandemic mindset, you know, just hungry, hungry yeah. in November. And then right from there, I was looking for a Jeremy Stevens fight in March. We accepted it in January. Um, he had pulled some, like just some, 
weird shit at the at one of the fights at the Vegas um, in Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. I'm watching the fights, and he comes over, taps me on the shoulder, asks me to go uh, if I come with him. I followed him over, and you know, put my drink down. I thought we were gonna have to do something right there. I don't really like people in my division coming up. That never really yeah. talking, touch me on the shoulder, you know, <laughs> like that. But he walks yeah. me up to Sean Shelby, the matchmaker, and he's like, "What? Uh, trying to set up a fight? Yeah." And then all of a sudden, like his girl or his wife on the side snaps a oh, picture geez. and tag me. Like, just like you guys gonna get to do all this cute shit if you want to fight. You know, trust me, I haven't turned down a name yet. And I'm like, "Am I right, Sean?" And he's like, he was all flustered. It was, it was pretty funny, but. I was in that mindset right after that to be fight November, going into 2020. I just remember my goals were to go 3-0. and And, uh, you know, much like everybody else, all our plans got put on the back burner beginning of the year. That March uh, fight with Jeremy, uh, he got injured, so it pushed to April. All the April events never went off, um, you know, due to the COVID. And then that got pushed to May. So here I am now. Yeah. Like six, seven months and I just camp. But that's where, the, that's where you get good, man. And I, I just buckled down. I didn't skip a beat. And uh, I really made a lot of improvements from then to, to May when I eventually fought Jeremy and then parlayed it into the uh, Ige fight yep. shortly after. But, yeah, a lot of that mindset was, was good for me, healthy, I think, especially before the pandemic to really buckle down. And uh, now I'm one fight away from my goals of going 3-0 yep. and by the end of 2020, and it's good to be back on pace. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, nothing against uh, Jeremy, but uh, I think that that backfired a little bit, that little stunt, because <laughs> it didn't work out so well, well in the it's end. A, it's a lot of things, man. Over <laughs> on here, we like to we like to keep the chips. We, we find ways to chips on our shoulders, you know, and we keep them all till fight night. I really wanted to express how he made me feel on weigh-ins, you know, when I yeah. saw him across me, and he's the one pound, he's five pounds overweight, and the first one on the scale, I just didn't understand the mindset. You know, I didn't understand how you're upset. Did he miss weight for that fight? Yeah, five pounds. And oh, I, was I forgot like, about that. And then, and then, five he, yeah, pounds. it's just a lot of those type of little things. Right. And then he was uh, arguing about the percent. I'm only fighting at thirty percent or not taking. I'm just like, man, you act like I showed up overweight or did yeah, something like wrong. Yeah, he's making demands, and I just didn't like the whole vibe, man. And uh, I'm sure he, I don't think he's a bad guy, man. I just think he went about everything the wrong way, right. like he would do to anybody else in the division. And I get it, you know, I, I get it. But but uh, it just rubbed me the wrong way come a fight night and. Uh, and, and and I was glad the way everything kind of worked out. But I had a strong mindset, really put together a, a, a strong camp with just very few guys that were able to make it. All my gym shut down. I was training out of uh, my brother's garage mostly, like Rocky style. I got my mom over there, like, <laughs> slapping the bag. My brother over there hitting the, the weights. Yeah. I'm on the bike. It was, it was fun, man. It was, it, was, uh, it was definitely a memory. That's another fight, though, like um, I was going to say. I mean, it was a tough first round, and Jeremy's a dog of a fighter, bro. He comes at you, and he is—he's yeah. an absolute dog. And that's another fight where I gained a lot of respect for you, man, because you took—you know—you took that onslaught and you took that that pressure, and you just maintained yourself. And then—and it seems like your IQ just got better and better. Or well, your IQ is already what it is, but your strategy got better and better. You're waiting for your shots, and then a beautiful elbow, man, which I want to thank you for because I love when people use Muay Thai. You know, I happen to have a Muay Thai gym myself. <laughs> So anytime somebody uses a Muay Thai move to finish a fight, I'm thankful. I'm trying to come out there, bro. I know it. And I everyone thinks I'm just a boxer. So it's, it's good to show them something different, give them something else to think about. And I am constantly evolving. But great. to your point, I'm trying to come out there and train you, man. That gym is yeah. ridiculous. I love your whole vibe out there with, with what you did. I'd love to come out there and train. I'm just not sure I'd ever come back. That's yeah. the biggest It's worry. happened. It's happened, dude. There's been some guy, it's Tyron happened. Woodley. It's dude, Tyron Woodley, who's fighting this weekend. 
he came out there and didn't want to leave, and he came back to, to do his camp. And the only reason he didn't do his camp for uh, – for the last fight was because the, he was going to fight Leon Edwards. Then the coronavirus happened. Then he had to go back to the States and he couldn't come back to Thailand, but he loves it, man. He loves it out here. And, uh, yeah. I think he's putting on a great camp with, with Masvidal. So I think that's going to be a, a great yeah. training partner for him to have, especially during this very limited Corona time where like, you don't have the training partners you need. I think that's a good, he got lucky with that, with having Masvidal there, um, and being able to help him and then get him ready for this fight. He's hungry. He's fired up. I think he's going to do really well. Um, so yeah, definitely. We, we believe in that in that quality mindset, man. Quality over quantity. You know, it's really about the right training partners. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we don't think it takes a big gym man to to get, uh, you know, to become a champion. And, and I think that's important, you know. And and especially being from New England, where it's not, it, it, you know, very few guys have even made that jump. Like Kenny Florian, you know, fighting for the belt, like. Other than that, guys like that did show it was possible, you know, and I think that we're really refining the way that's getting done around here, working together and trying to, uh, you know, uh, springboard some guys to, to actually make a, a splash in the UFC, you know. You know, you're absolutely right. And the thing is coming from somebody or coming myself, coming from AKA, which is one of the biggest teams who I think has produced some of the most champions and stars that the sports ever, you know, had. I agree with you, bro. I agree with you because now that I have AKA Thailand here in Thailand, there's a lot of fighters that come in here. And they don't understand the team camaraderie of like, it's not about having yeah. all the great fighters around you. We we were lucky that we had a lot of good fighters, but we molded ourselves into good fighters. It wasn't like we started out with, with the fighters that we became. And it's because of the loyalty. It's because of the training. Iron sharpens iron. Um, I think loyalty is one of the most important things. Here in Thailand, it's so tough because these fighters come in, man, and they just jump from gym to gym to gym, always looking for the greener yeah, grass, yeah. always looking for, like, the superstar gym and the superstar training partners. And and then they just move around so much. They never build loyalty. They never build a team. And so they don't have those guys to come in on the weekends to help them. They don't have the guys that come in on the holidays to help them. They don't have the guys that sacrifice yeah. for them when they need them the most. Like Khabib said when I had Khabib on the podcast, loyalty is so important because you're building a family that you're going to need to depend on when when, it, when the going gets tough. you know. And it's like that is the most important thing. It's not about – uh, you know, having a super gym with 50 top fighters. That's why there's top fighters from gyms with, with one or two top fighters, you know, all over the world. You know, not, So I agree with you. And coming from a big gym, I agree with you. And going in there, I don't need a big group of guys when I'm going to battle. I need I need three or four guys that I know are going to, you know, uh, you know, put their heart in this year, go out, and, and, and guys that I trust, man. Pretty much family, like you said. They're almost closer, man. When you go to war with somebody, it's just different. Yeah. And uh, I know you understand that, but just, just showing that there's more than one way to get there too, you know, but I do love that team aspect, even down, uh, like high school wrestling days, you know, you just love that camaraderie within the team and, um, and you know, anything with numbers, man, gets a little diluted. So it's just important to you know be aware of those things. And, uh, not that, you know, we're, we're just making a work around here with what we got. And, uh, but I would love to, you know, go visit and train some of these, but the polish gyms are awesome, man, but you got to have that mindset already when you get in yep. there because you might get lost in the shuffle and these guys want to coach themselves almost right it's crazy and then it's like all right well if you don't got guys paying attention to your schedule you might be able to just lapse out on certain things you're not held as accountable to your schedule so yep. it's important to have these guys know you know your weaknesses and uh and, and i feel like we're, we're really making big strides around here so uh, 
definitely fortunate with that. But we don't got that Thailand weather, as you can see. It's yeah, right yeah, back I here. see that it. Is New England. I'm wearing, I'm wearing your outfit. Thing. Obviously, uh, at least we coordinated. I like it. <laughs> I got the message. I like it. I like it. But uh, my studio is super cold. <laughs> but it's funny we had this talk, man, because I'm in the same situation right now with fighters, and and I have Manel Cap here right now. Manel Cap's having his first UFC fight. He's the rising champion, and he's about to fight a top five uh, UFC fighter. I, we can't name the, the fighter yet, but his first UFC fight is going to be yeah. a top five fighter. And uh, he's preparing with me right now, and we have limited people, but we're getting the best camp ever because we're doing you know situational yeah. training. We're doing the right training. You know, we have the right people to put in certain areas to to do uh, you know these these uh, scenarios that he needs, and 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 that's what it's about. You know. Exactly. And it, and everybody loves each other. Everybody's helping each other. And it's such a great atmosphere. So you're absolutely right about that. Um, but going back to your wrestling really fast, and, and, and you grew up in Boston, right? Like you're a, Bo- you're a Boston boy, obviously. I can. 30, 30 minutes north. I mean, I'm repping the sweater. We got it yesterday for a shoot where we did the, uh, the Boston Man magazine yesterday. We're going to be on the cover. Pretty cool. It's a two-year oh, nice. anniversary. Uh, last, the, the one-year anniversary was Edelman. They got some. Uh, they got the McCourty twins on there, J- just some uh, some cool Boston legends on it. So it's a cool checkpoint for me, my teammate Rob Font, and my coach, uh, Manager Tyson Charter, to you know, do that. So those things are pretty cool. But I- I'm actually uh, from 30 minutes north of Boston and uh, from a town called Methuen. And um, I'm living in Haverhill now, just outside of that, five, 10 minutes uh, from there, town over. But I uh, grew up kind of here my whole life, did high school wrestling. I, I, I was two weeks late to the, the freshman team, the tryouts, to, mm-hmm. to wrestle. I didn't really know if I wanted to do it, you know, getting in tights and all that. The singlet was kind of weird to me, but I got a push from my buddy who decided to do it. And uh, I joined the team two weeks late, and there was like a tournament that weekend. I just hopped in, and uh, freshmen's only. And I won the, the damn bracket. I got four pins or three pins. I got a trophy, nice. a bracket, uh, a, a gold medal. I'm like, this is the coolest shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I just I stayed I stayed wrestling. And then over Christmas break, my buddy actually quit the team. But I stayed all four years. And uh, and then I felt like everybody I, I lost to in wrestling, if I could have just punched them in the face, you know, I'd beat these kids up. But they were good <laughs> at running legs or technically sound, you know. But I was yeah. just always scrappy. And uh, and then, you know, graduating six months later after high school, kind of was a standstill college. It kind of caught me, honestly, by surprise. I didn't have the best grades and it, weren't, it was tough, man. So I took six months off and um, and then I, I saw my sister's best friend compete and I said, I want to try that. I miss competing and wrestling back in high school. And I found my sport, man, post high school. Yeah. So how, how did that happen? So you were wrestling. You 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 figured yep. out early you'd rather punch these guys. And when did you when did you decide to get into striking based martial arts? And what martial art was it? Like when was that transition? So wrestling was definitely uh, just first. What I distinctively remember right was uh, I remember wrestling practice. I had a strong, a strong coach. Man, wrestling practice was tough. You yeah. have to be doing these like spin drills, sprints, uh, carrying your buddy over your shoulder, like just crazy shit, man. Right? Yeah. Wrestling's like this, yeah. you know, constant <laughs> smashing. And then I went into this jujitsu, uh, and, and it was more like like going with the flow. flow it wasn't yeah. as you know smashing, beating up on your body. And then all we were really doing was more so learning submissions. It wasn't so much live rolling, so it wasn't a crazy cardio push. I'm like, I could do this shit, man. I can learn some submissions. This is easier than wrestling. So that's how they set the hook. Like it wasn't too difficult in the beginning, and I liked it. It was cool. Yeah. And then, uh, as I said, my sister's best friend Dave George, he had a fight come because he's the reason why i started training at the gym i'm like oh i was getting out of shape i was like 188 and uh and i just had like a surgery on my hand or something and i was like damn uh 
I just I, I got to get back in shape, get back in the swing of things. I saw him fight, started training with him. And so that wrestling base was always there with him, but I had some scrappiness. And uh, I started training, um, actually boxing with Gil Rays out of a Latitude gym around here. It's like a Gold's Gym type deal. Mm -hmm. Really not meant to be where you go find good boxing work. Yeah. But I was pretty fortunate. Gil Rays is, uh, is a former professional boxer, fighting on ESPN. He's, he's a beast. He's actually out in ATT. He's starting to be affiliated with them, giving some of those guys some uh, some some handwork. But I was fortunate to, to get boxing work with him at a Latitude while having somewhat of a wrestling base yeah. and then learning jujitsu. Th that's how we made it work, uh, you know, what, 15 years ago, 14 years ago. And um, and so that was enough. But then, uh, you know, I realized the kicking game. I'm like, oh, I got to step it up and yeah. uh, made some adjustments. I, I got into uh, Muay Thai gym, started training at Y Crew in uh, Austin for a while. And then uh, just just picking up the game, man, one by one. And uh, But I was trying to explain this is like, Especially back in the day, you didn't really have these gyms that had everything, unless it was the big gym, like you, you know the ATTs, the Jacksons, and all these things, right? But around here, like you had to, you had to find these guys, these coaches. You had, you were the CEO of your business as a fighter, and you yeah. had to, you know, bring in the resources to to get you to become a championship fighter. And that's not easy, you know. We didn't, uh, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and Robert Kraft, they, you know, we didn't get that lucky right off the yeah. bat, like they did, you know. And uh, so I feel like finally after, uh, you know, a lot of my career, most of that was just putting pieces in place. And right now I feel like I've got a great team around me that I feel confident fighting the best guys in the world and, and, and knowing that I could beat any one of them. Yeah. 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 Don't don't forget I'm 41. So I, I didn't just fall at AKA Thailand. Like, buddy, I, my first pro fight was in 98, so I know exactly what you're talking about, man. When I when I was coming up in 98. You know better than I do. I had in, in 90, I started fighting MMA in 96. I had 21 amateur fights before I turned pro in 98. So I, I know exactly what you mean as far as, like, the, the training at a boxing gym. fights in that two-year span? Huh? Yeah, because they were they were tournaments. I was fighting with Eve Edwards and uh, uh, Travis Luter was in a couple of fights I was in. Travis Luter, yeah. Eve Edwards, Shannon Rich, and so uh, it was like tournaments, awesome. like three fights in one day: Valley Tudo, Dungle, mixed rules, pancreation. You know, someone was like open hand to the face, but you could kick to the face, the knee to the face. Some was like no strikes to the face. Some was like everything like underground. Like it was crazy rules. Every weekend Great. it was a different rule. But but I know what you mean about going to different gyms because I was like going to a boxing gym, then I had to go to a kickboxing gym. Then I had to go to like a BJJ yeah. gym. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Like it was tough, man, before the, the gyms started, uh, you know, grouping up and MMA became bigger and we started having these super gyms like, like we have now, obviously. No, 100 percent. And, and you, you do want to box with the boxers, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> the other guys don't punch like the boxers. You're right. And, you're right. You know, you're not going to kickbox with the boxer. You, you got to go to those gyms. You got to get the best work you can get. I feel like that's where... I, I try to explain these guys, not to say these guys don't hit hard. Of course they hit hard. Of course, I maybe yeah. I haven't been hit with a well-timed shot in that, you know, whatever, coming into it, this, that. But as far as overall, like, what I mean to say is I don't think these a lot of these guys know how to punch soundly correctly with their hips, their feet, their hands, like, and the movement. And and um, I think they're punching maybe all arm or, you know, and it's not coming out the cleanest. But, like, when I fight these boxers, man, or when I box the boxers, those punches come out clean, you know, and it's, it's just different. Yeah. And so uh, I felt like preparing with them for these fights a lot of times with the hands i'm generally i feel uh you know i'm, I'm all right stepping in there with a, lot, a lot of times i hype it too much you know i yeah. think these guys are way better than they are and i step in there and i'm and i'm just like oh all right you know yeah. it, but you gotta that comes with the experience and getting in there for me i hadn't had a lot of experience with ufc caliber guys too for a while so 
you know, it's something when you're when you're starting out, you know, and I've been coming pro and then you hear you see you see a guys around, you wanna hear you wanna see how you stack up. And I know it's what guys do to me now, but I'm cool with it because it's like I want to give them that confidence to show them, like, listen, man, don't buy in all that shit you see on TV. You could do, you can hang, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm living proof of that around here. And the more they get working with me, the more they realize, oh, yo, I can do this too, this that. And you just can compare yourself, see where you fall in line, know what you got to work on. But it's nice to have something to compare yourself. And and for a while, it was just me and uh, like Doomsday at Y crew, but he was a big 170. Yeah. So it's tough to find like 45ers, 35ers, things like that, and 55ers. And then, uh, like I said, I'm with Rob Font right now. Kids, you know, top fighter in the in the bantamweight division. But he's a big boy out of camp, man. So he still throw around a lot of weight with me. And uh, and yeah, it's just a good time, man. I'm really happy for where New England uh, MMA is as a whole right now, from where it yeah. was a while ago. It's it's cleaned up a lot, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, when you started getting fights, you fought amateur, right? First, you had like quite a few. Actually, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? I didn't. I just jumped right in pro. They, okay. Back then, it was now you need like three amateur fights in New Hampshire to go pro. Okay. Back then, it was just like, well, what do you want to do? Like, you want to go amateur pro? I'm like, well, if it's going to be on my record, it, it's not going to matter if it's <laughs> yeah. It's still going to bother me. So yeah. let's just go pro with it. Let's start I'll take the money. <laughs> so when you started fighting and, and you made that transition from wrestling, was UFC and being like a like a world class fighter was that your goal like did you do it because you wanted to just do something kind of interesting and fun and and test yourself as a fighter or were you already thinking like i want to do this and i want to be like a big fighter like in the ufc no i never knew i really kind of wanted to do this and there was a lot of red flags going back looking back like even down to when i was a kid even at wrestling practice i was a senior and uh we just tried to develop some type of camaraderie with the guys you know just bullshitting one time we were walking to the mats we found a set of gloves on the way and I'm like, oh, all right. You know, we're going to get some uh, boxing matches going. We had lookouts all the way to the coach's office. Yeah. So back in high school, man, I was like, and even before that, in elementary school, I swear, I used to take the bus stop to go watch two people fight. I have no ride home. And sometimes that fight didn't even happen. I'm just stuck out here off some <laughs> random bus stop in my in my town. You know, so I love watching fights. I, I think back, I'm like, man, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I loved watching fights. I loved making the fights. And. Uh, you know, when I started out, it was just kind of about getting back into shape. I missed the feeling of competing, really. Um, and and I just was at a, uh, I was at like a, I, I, did, I took six months off college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was at a standstill, kind of crossroads. And then I just found the mats. I, my sister's best friend took the fight. And I was like, oh, it'd be good to get on mats again, you know, and learn some stuff. So that's where it started. And then he had another fight coming up. And right. then I started doing well with him. And I'm like, well, he's fighting. The promoter asks any of the guys, the coach, like, you want to fight? I'm like, well, yeah, sure. Why, why just train now and then not not uh, compete? So then I started doing well in the fights. And uh, it just kind of that, that first adrenaline rush, man. Once once I took that first fight, it reeled me in, man. That that adrenaline, that feeling, yeah. it was incredible. And I, I chase it every time I step in there. And it's kind of it, it, it's it's almost where there's no audience now. Um, you know, I just I love that that crowd that that after it finishes on that my favorite thing just to climb the octagon yeah, and just take in it. that energy. There's a lot of times on the way in I'm just focused. I don't look around. I, I maybe I try to dab up the snap. I'm not big on the way in, but like I'm focused. You know, I got something to do. I, once I handle that, I I, I just I, I take that energy in and it's special, man. So I feel like it. You know, it, it it's kind of been tough without the audience, but at the same time, man, it is what it is. But I just, uh, it'd be nice to have that. You know, that, that that energy is incredible. It is, man. It's it's incredible. I've actually I've actually stood on the octagon two times, and then I crawled over the octagon and fist bumped Dana, Lorenzo, and Frank one time. 
And and both times that I <laughs> both times that I stood on the octagon, uh, I I hurt my knee. I fell off. One was in Germany and one was I forgot the other one. And then and I jumped oh. off. The, instead of crawling down, like once you're standing on the octagon, you feel like it's <laughs> it's like your it's like your duty to jump from the the top, you know, to the to the freaking mat. Yeah. And both times I screwed up my knee, and it wasn't a good idea. But oh the. My uh, God. The fist, the fist bump was because I wanted to. I actually, I stood on the ring and then I crawled up again and fist bumped Dana, Lorenzo, and Frank because I really wanted that knockout bonus, man. I was like, I was really kissing ass on that one, dude. And then yeah, it worked. Yeah, yeah. It worked, dude. I did I the fist it. bump, sixty thousand dollars, bro. I was like, yeah. <laughs> How much? Sixty thousand. That was Ben Saunders in uh, Germany. Easy, man. I, they, we went down in, in in bonus money since then. Really. Is it? It's we fifty. Fifty now. Oh man, I got sixty, dude. I was happy about that. <laughs> it should be going up, man. But hey, I love that. I, I never hopped out of the cage. I, I've, you know, I would have done that maybe if I know my my family's front row. You know, dab yeah. them up real quick, something like that'd be cool. But um, I try to be mindful, man. You get some guy knocked out in the middle of the octagon, we're out here, you know, flipping off cages and stuff. Yeah. Good. It's, you know. Oh yeah, there's been a couple guys do that. Yeah, I've always pushed the limits a little bit, and, and then Dana would have like meetings about guys not getting on the cage and all that. And yeah, I pushed my luck but a little bit too much. He loves that shit. He loves that. He shit. does. Don't let him he lie. Does. He, he says, "Don't do this. Don't do that." But he wants an outlier. You know it. You know he. Does. Hey, I got one of the best pictures I've ever had in my career. Is it after Germany? And I was like standing on the cage with both of my hands up, like standing in Germany. Like that's still one of my favorite photos of, of my entire career. So if it if if it was worth it, even if I had gotten in trouble, it would have been it would have been fine by me. But getting back with you real fast, so you 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 started fighting, um, and then you were winning fights. Like you were you were winning a bunch of fights. I looked at your thing, and you were like fourteen out of sixteen wins. And then you took like a three year yeah. hiatus to do promotion. First of all, what was that about? Uh, why did you stop to do promotion? And number two, what was that like? Because I've done two shows in Thailand, so I can kind of attest that it's not a fun, it's not a fun thing to do, no. man. It's a, it's it's like way more work than it sounds when you when you That's first start. That's a loaded question right there. How do, how, how you like it? That's a loaded question, but. Um, <laughs> The reason how I got involved, because that's the thing, you don't graduate in high school. I didn't really know I wanted to be a fighter, I, let alone a, a fight promoter. You don't say that leaving high school, you know, yeah. it just kind of happens. And um, the way it worked out for me was uh, that same person, Dave George, uh, when I started training at his gym um, for three fights, the promotion ended up going up uh, on one of them. And uh, and they were at a position where they would, you know, they couldn't pay the fighters and they were interested in selling. So Dave bought the promotion from them it's called combat zone and uh, we're based out of manchester new hampshire right now and mm -hmm. it's one of the longest running promotions in new england we've had guys like kenny florian joe lasson yeah um just our who's who Mark, all guys from new england fight through so I, I take a lot of pride in, in carrying the torch uh for combat zone but um at the time you know so dave is the promotions in a, in a standstill so dave goes over pays all the fighters on the last show you know to keep the the name of the show good and things does right by all the fighters and then he takes over ownership so I began fighting for Dave. Uh, I believe it was like nine fights I fought for Dave George. I'm nine and zero at Combat Zone, home home turf. I love yeah. it. I'm proud of it. Nice. And um, I take a lot of pride in you know fighting for Combat Zone and now taking over ownership. But eventually, after Dave, um, I fought for Dave nine times, and then I took over ownership when he was you know sick of dealing with all the fighters. The way he put it, this is a funny ass line he gave me before I took over. He goes, "It's like." 30, uh, 30 brides on their wedding day. <laughs> the yeah, that's it. You know, just, I get it, man. It's tough. That's it. You got to understand, man. Yep. You know, locally, 
these guys don't have the best management. So you're chasing around usually individual fighters. Some of these guys don't have cell phones. You're trying to get medicals from them. They don't have health. It's a mess. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was in the early days. And so Dave was definitely happy to hand that off to me. But at the time, it was simple, man. I was I was losing 20 to 30 pounds every fight. Um, I was fighting about twice a year. And Dave, I felt like, based off the numbers, was getting paid four times more than I was as the athlete, not cutting weight, mm-hmm. front row cage side, watching the fights, enjoying them. This is what I'm seeing as a fighter. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, and then he's making four times every show. So, you know, think of the numbers. I'm like... It's tough going paycheck to paycheck, especially when they're really small and there's only two a year. So right. um, I wanted to, I wanted something. I believe I was 25, 26, and I wanted something that uh, could, you know, transfer the last five to seven years that I put my life into and, and continue to train. And so I took over promoting, and uh, I would, you know, line my buddies or other gyms up with fights, and I drop off tickets to their gyms, and I get in some some training with them. So like I never let go of fighting completely. But I definitely was put it on the back burner, and I, I just I didn't want to be the fighter, you know, broke fighter fighting for money, wow. um, you know, late into my career, and I just want to do something to have more of a stake in the game. So at 25, I believe I, I got into the ownership. But at that time, I've seen now uh, Rob Font, right? Mm-hmm. It's funny how this all works out. So Rob and myself were like number one and number two in New England around the time that I bought the promotion and took the three-year layoff. Mm-hmm. And he was at 45 at the time locally, a little heavier. Yeah. So we were, were going to probably compete against each other. But, um, you know, Tyson pushing it away, the manager, and uh, he wasn't interested in it. And then when I began promoting, uh, that fight never happened. Rob gets to the UFC. And now I'm watching that. and I'm paying attention to the kid because we were kind of close to schedule to compete. And he's doing really well. He's getting uh, finishes. He's Now all of a sudden he's got a fight on the TD Garden card uh, in Boston. Um uh, and it was a couple months out, and I just got off set for Here Comes the Boom, uh, that movie that Kevin James made out of yeah. Boston. And uh, my sister signed me up for it. During that uh, set, I met Tyson, my now manager, right? And and then uh, around the same time that Rob had that fight coming up, and I just remember driving down 93 on my way back to the house, and uh, I gave Tyson a call. I'm like, hey, listen, if anybody pulls out of that TD Garden card in Boston, and I'm still down to fight, you know, it's on my bucket list. I never did it. And as naive as that was, because I hadn't competed in two years. And, yeah. you know, they don't really want inactive fighters. So he ends up getting me two more fights locally. Um, and then circle fast forward, you know, two years later. And uh, I'm on the card at TD Garden with Rob Font and, uh, you know, Kyle Bachniak, another Boston legend. So, yeah, it, it was it was pretty wild, man. Uh, th- so thankfully, Tyson had that that uh, vision to, you know, keep me and Rob from fighting locally, but also the timing of buying the promotion was, was worked out to my favor. And now fast forward, Rob's my number one training partner and uh, I couldn't have imagined fighting him. And Tyson's my manager. I, I think I got it the, the 18 behind me, but it's all about timing. Like I couldn't have done that when I first started my career, we all had to go through the shit first. Yeah. And um, I think that we've all been burned a bunch and think we know a good thing when we go and we're happy with, uh, with our team and now it's just all about getting in work and, and less of the drama and bullshit you know hey what's up guys it's that time sponsorship time i'll be as brief as possible but i gotta thank our sponsor aka thailand the world's premier luxury training resort here in phuket thailand and if you want to save 30 percent Go to akthailand.com right now and you can book group training at 30% for as long as you want. It never expires, completely transferable, and you can use it anytime that you want. If you have any questions, email info at akthailand.com. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't know what AK Thailand is, here's our video. 
What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. And then you got back into fighting. Um, and then short after that, you got in the UFC. So when you got back into fighting, was that at the, the, the point where you were like, I'm going to go ahead and try and, and, and pursue this as high as I can? And, and then um, the two-part question, that, and then also what, what was it that led you into the UFC? Like, what was your big break? So, uh, yeah, we broke the ice. Tyson, Tyson has me backdoor sign a management agreement with him. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll pitch your name to the UFC as long as you sign this uh, contract. I'm like, I'll sign it, man. I know you're the best manager in the area, and uh, if I did fight again, I would want you to be my manager. I'm like, just don't promote it, though, until we got a fight book, you know? Like, <laughs> right. So what's he do? Boom. Blast it, right? It's like Cater signs a top game management before I even had a fight. I'm like, fuck. Now I'm backdoored into kind of fighting, you know? Yeah, Why would yeah. I sign with a management after three years if I don't plan to fight again? Right, right. So he weaseled me there, but, you know, it, uh, for good reason. And, and I took two local fights, and I was out in Vegas. Um, it was, I believe, late June for Rob Font's fight. Uh, I believe he was fighting Sh Matt Schnell or something, or late replacement. And, uh, so I was I met with the matchmaker Sean Shelby and um, you know he was at uh, they were we were they were out and and I had the opportunity to meet him I went up and I was like shit my my fourteen and two record ain't getting me in man let me go shake some hands yeah. you know and, and get out there <laughs> see some people so uh, he's asking for one drink I'm buying him two you know yeah. and, uh, anything the man needs you know and uh, so we were we were just shooting the shit chopping it up and he's telling me that you know maybe he'll get me on a contender series fight in like a couple months and and i'm like all right cool thanks i get back from the trip and this is after eight days in vegas and and i went out like every night just to kind of shake those hands and do that stuff and it was a little you know went a little too hard but i get back and uh like 80 at 6 7 a.m i think i got a, t uh, a text saying are you willing to fight andre feely in two weeks uh in cali for you, know, you, you got a replacement fight so i had after eight days in vegas i got a two-week notice opportunity i was pretty upset man to be honest i'm like because you can't it's tough to time to be ready for that moment yeah. you never know when that big break's gonna come and 14 years of my life it's like i i was way ready probably every other day of the 14 years yeah yeah and this one time <laughs> i'm like all right man I got to grab my balls and just show up. You yeah. know, it is what it is. And I put together a two-week camp, which was really get my medicals done and then get ready to leave in a week to go fly there, and, you know. And uh, we made it work, man. I had a good team around me. Rob uh, Rob is, you know, pivotal and, and, and like, the things he was saying. He had just competed. It was nice. I had just made that walk with him. So it kind of broke the ice uh, of the UFC event from the behind the scenes, which was nice, you know, a couple weeks prior to your debut. 
and, and that was it. Once once I got that fight, I, I won, and you know now we're a contracted UFC fighter. I, I knew my next fight would be in the UFC, and it just now I'm, I'm able to prepare knowing that, which is a huge advantage. Just knowing that when your moment's going to come, and and trying to have time to prepare for it. Yeah, and you didn't get an easy fight your second fight either. Um, you got one of my previous uh, podcast guests, Shane Burgos, and I'm pretty sure he was on I like, like a Shane, se- seven. I think he was on like a 17 fight win streak or something like that. Crazy, like 16 or 17 fights in a row. So that must have been another one where you were like, "Damn, man, I'm getting no breaks. <laughs> I got past the first one, and now I got this guy <laughs> no, who's man, never I, lost." It was actually the opposite. I was actually the opposite. I go, "Oh man, they're they're hooking me up now. They gave me a 10 week camp at home." Oh, nice. Hell yeah, camp. let's go. So like, my mindset was like, "All right, I, 10 weeks. It was nice. They did your two week one." But now you're hooking me up with a 10 week. I don't care who it is, you know, but 10 yeah. weeks at home. Hell yeah. So and then and then, you know, post fight for it to be a guy like Shane and just understanding, you know, that that's like one of those fights. I believe that that you don't realize how big of a fight it is because we're both kind of just getting going yeah. uh, in the UFC. He was three and at the time. I was one and oh, but uh, I think fast forward from now, you'll see, you know, I think we're, we're both going to be climbing the rankings. Shane's a beast. And I love watching the kid compete, man. He's a fun fight. He brought it. And uh, we had that place going crazy that night. Yeah, no, it was that was another performance bonus, right? That was a that one was earned. And let me tell yeah. you, man, yeah. my car, I, <laughs> I my car was on the last leg, bro. It was two hundred twenty thousand miles old accurate TL. I was driving to my last, uh, like one of my last <laughs> sessions. I was, uh, you know, the snow. I slammed the brakes. The car sliding. I'm either going into a curb or a telephone pole. I picked the telephone pole, knock off my side mirror. I'm like, well, I can't deal with that. You know, I got like a week before the fight. I'm just driving one fucking side mirror. <laughs> and I was like, man, I just got a bonus and buy a new ride and just, nice. you know, and just this way I have a comfortable ride to the gym, you know. And um, and, and so to go out and get that bonus, I'm on my way to get that new car I'm driving. I get freaking pulled over by a state trooper. I'm like, shit, uh. I was almost there. I'm like, I'm going. Thing wasn't even, uh, I don't even know if it was registered to be honest. Inspect, it was a mess. Oh, man. He's like, Hey, you fought last weekend, right? I'm like, Yes, oh, thank yes. god, yeah, yeah. He, he let me go to the thing, and uh, yeah, got a nice bonus there, man. And that came at the right time because when you get a bonus in your first fight or two, that's oh, that's yeah. like game changing money in the beginning, you know. You're not getting, I was getting paid like 12 and 12, and then yeah. you get 50 on top, it's like. Dude, you're crazy lucky for that, man. Like, because like my first two fights were knockouts in t- 20 seconds and 22 seconds, no knockout bonus. My next two fights were both submissions, no not no submission of the night bonus. Dude, that, I was no. before the bonuses, bro. So I made literally five and five my first four fights in the UFC. So like for me, it was like you. Like I think I was living on like I was in San Jose, which you know Javier Mendez decided to build, aka in like the most expensive city in in America, next to like Manhattan. So we were all working like three jobs and like trying to survive. So I ne- I needed like three thousand dollars a month to get by or something. So I knew if I won my yep. first UFC fight, that's ten grand. Then I have three more months, and if I win my three next months. fight, I got three more months. Then if I win my next fight, I have three <laughs> yeah. more months. So I was just fighting to not have to go back to work, dude. And then I won the fights, yes. and then I stayed in the UFC, and then everything is history from there. But that's so, when you fight the best. I know what you mean, man. It was survival for me, bro. <laughs> no, no yeah, bonuses that's or when nothing. You fight the best, man. That's what I'm saying. All this shit, like uh, that's when I'm at my best. Uh, it, you know, these setbacks are just, I just fuel for the takeoff, man. You got to have that mindset because life will keep kicking your ass. You got to just pick yourself up and mindset, go. That bounce back, yeah, you're, you're toast, man. Forget it, you know? 
watch when that well runs dry. You, you know, you just you got to feed off that. And I think that's where great things happen. I try to even after like the Jeremy fight, I was like, man, you better not you better not have that mindset like you just knocked out Jeremy Stevens with right. an elbow. You better have that mindset like you just lost as a beat. Yeah. You know, so like I'm like, man, I'm strong in that. And I think that's what separates the difference, man, is the mindset. Some of these guys, they all talk about it. They're all, you know, they're all saying the right things. But uh, really, none of that stuff matters, man, When if you can't get the job done. The reason why Connor made it famous was because he backed it up. Yep. And, dude, the, you know, it's good that the road's so hard, man. Every time I got my ass kicked, yeah. every time I fell down, every time I stumbled, it, it's good and, and for the people watching the podcast, just understand that like that's what makes it honest and that's what makes it pure. And that's what makes it so good for when guys like you make it to the top six. You know, you're in the top 10 now in the UFC because that's why there's so few of you. You know, that's why there's so few of success stories because it's tough to get there. And, and if it was easy, everybody yeah. would do it. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to take those lumps and and that's just the price you pay to get there. And, and now it's you're arriving. Game, now now you're fighting at the top. And I love that idea shit, man, where he says, uh, you know, I had, I'm a big fan of those guys, man. I trained with them right after my third fight, and they just changed the way I trained when I got back. But he says, you got to do this shit so much. Uh, you know, you love the sport so much, you got to do it to the point where you just hate it. You just yeah. simply hate it, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. it never been true when you realize, right? People realize this during the pandemic when all they did was bitch about training. But now everybody wants to train again. They all yeah. miss it. It's like, you got to find that missing it mindset when it's right in your face and you could do it 24 seven all day. It's like, it's just a play in your mind and people kind of get, get lost in that. It's like, you gotta, yeah, you just, you can't, you can't get uh distracted over just little things like that. I mean, you got to stay dialed in focused. And, and that's why I try to, like you said, everyone's tough when they step in there. I try to make these leaps and bounds mentally and the little details, right? Like that's where we could set ourselves apart. Yeah. And, and, and now you've been in the UFC, you, you've won a lot of fights, I think you're ranked like six in in the world right now, but you obviously have a lot of holdups, you know, above you. So so you can only do what you can do. Holloway's about the only free guy you can fight. But so I, so I feel like you're you're top six, but yet you're you know any day now you can be higher. You know you're you're right there at Definitely. that cusp. Definitely. So how's that journey been? Like how how has it been coming up the way you came up, uh, deciding to be a fighter, getting into the UFC, and then how has your UFC journey been? Like how how has that changed your life being a UFC fighter and winning all those fights and now being in the top the top, you know, I guess six in the world. It's, it's been incredible, man. I'm just grateful. And, and, and for everything, like you said, the ups, the downs, <clears throat> the downs help you, you know, help you give advice to people going through them. Cause that's, that's 90% yep. of the people in the world is just going through these things. So if I hadn't been through nothing, who would I be to say something about it? So understanding that those lows, you know, after some of my biggest, biggest lows, man, like yeah. I should, I should open up more down the line about <laughs> the things that happened kind of leading into some of my biggest fights, man. But um, I just think it digs you deeper and uh, it's all about how you respond to whatever happens to you. And for me, uh, having that, that after all that hard work and all that other, you know, the crap going on in life and then getting a big monumental win and big opportunities on this, side, it just shows that no matter what's happening to you, man, you keep your head down, keep working hard. You know, the good things are going to come. You do enough, uh, you do enough good things every day. Eventually one great thing's going to happen. And you just got to believe that trust the process keep your head down and, and and for me it's just been an incredible experience because it's been a long road it's been yeah. a long fucking road and i feel like i'm just getting started yeah you know you're young I mean, man. really i feel like i'm just getting started with these guys man it's like i just got my shot guys like jeremy man these, these guys been in the like oh he's 33 fights in the ufc he's been in the game forever you know some of the most fights i'm like man i fought probably maybe he fought a year or two before i started but but i just never got those shots you know not to 
disrespect the level of competition he's been against. You know, that yeah. there's levels to that. But I feel like I'm that caliber fighter. I just was never given my shot, my opportunity. And to have it come now, uh, I'm just happy it came. You know, I'm just happy to have arrived in the UFC. And I'm making my, my name out here. Uh, and I'm earning everything. That's the most important. I want nothing given me. I want to earn everything. And, uh, and that's all I have is an opportunity to go out there and do that. Do you have like one or two of your favorite memories or or wins that you'll remember forever for certain reasons? So far, it would be, of course, like, so they're all in their own right. Like the first one, was, I, it's funny, man. My first fight, if I was saying two weeks notice, I'm like, man, I don't care if I win another fight. Just this one. Yeah. You know, just this one. I want the debut. <laughs> yeah. Everyone always talks that shit, the big fish in the small pond, and then you go out. You know, and then you get your your wings clipped. You know, like yeah. No, I want I want this one. I want these. You know, and then after that, I got that W. I'm like, just this one more in TD Garden in Boston because there's like yeah, just take everyone <laughs> after that. I feel like I keep saying that because this this the stage never gets smaller. Only gets bigger when you win. But that one at the Garden, man, was special. Uh, of course, being Friday night, but having Kyle Bachmiak go out get a W. Rob Font head kick finish Tom saw me to dope and then and then i'm like oh shit pressure's on me to go you know three and oh new england guys let's listen you know let's get it and yeah. then um you know ultra tough opponent like shane burgos um you know fight tough fight great fight yeah. great finish and then um and then just having my whole family there i felt like it was my true debut and everybody that had ever been there with my uh you know following me all along had the opportunity to actually see it because you know it's something when you see it live in the ufc the production and that one was the most special, I would say, um, in my career. And then after that, I would say probably just Abu Dhabi because it was cool. Fight Island, different experience, you oh, yeah. know, kind of wild F1 racing. Just just bizarre, you know? Yeah, it's crazy, man. I know what you mean by that. Like that home. Unfortunately, like, unfortunately. Go ahead. How about yourself? What's your two most memorable moments with fighting? Well, I, I want to like bag on myself first because I love to do that. Um, so unlike you and your great moment at the Garden, um, I had a similar moment where so I became the number one contender in my first five fights. I, I beat David Loazzo. So I'm on top of the world. Now, and I mind you, just for the people watching so that they, they, they can understand how this works. I lost a, a championship fight against Chris Lieben in front of Dana White, sitting front row which got me on the ultimate fighter. So, so I somehow managed to lose a fight by TKO and then managed to get That's on the impressive. ultimate fighter. Crazy. Uh, then I go on the ultimate fighter and I lose on the ultimate fighter somehow managed to get my UFC fight because they, they gave everybody a UFC fight first fight. So off two losses, I then go five and zero in the UFC, become the number one contender. I beat David Loazzo after he fought rich Franklin and I had a choice to fight this guy they called Anderson Silva, who had a couple fights in the UFC at the time. <laughs> and uh, or or I could do what you did, and I could fight in my hometown of Houston. It's the first time like uh, the UFC went to Houston in the big like you know the, the the big arena, and and I could fight this guy Yushin Okami. Unlike you, I blew it, and I took the fight with Yushin, and I got I lost a decision. It was a clo close fight, came down to the third round, lost a decision, blew my title shot. But I know what you mean because it, it still was awesome to fight in front of my hometown crowd and and put it out there. So yeah, and that energy of being counted out, man, that sets you up for that five and zero. Oh. That's what I'm saying. That going zero oh and two, yep, but still knowing that you didn't get you know, and then, then just a tear five and zero. Oh. Like you got to have that mindset, knowing that 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 at any moment that can happen. That's a lesson. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's a lesson, awesome, man. man. That's a lesson there for sure, man. Um, and so, like, I never, I, I always want people to understand that, like, just because you lose or just because it seems like you're not going to do good, you got to pick yourself up. And I think that's the, 
that was my lesson there. You know, I mean, who, who would have ever thought I would have went in the UFC and went five and zero off of losing two fights in front of Dana and then losing on the TV show. But you never know, man, you just got to keep going and, and, and things could just happen. But when you quit or you stop a hundred percent, things won't happen. Like that's, that's the way I look at it. So you got to keep pushing forward. That's it, man. There's no other option. And then same thing for me, man. It's like I, I did uh, football my freshman year and I, I I went to every practice except maybe two, maybe two practices. And I didn't play one game. And then the last game, I wake up with a stiff neck. I couldn't play. But aside from all that, I wanted to quit the team. I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I just, it's good. But, you know, so, but my father's like, listen, no, you, you know, you don't, if you want to quit, you wait till the season's done yeah. and then you stop playing. But you don't quit mid season and you develop that, that mindset, that character. And that always stuck with me, man. To this day, freshman year when he made that decision and, and talking through it, and I'm like, no, that, that makes sense, man. We, we don't, we don't develop that quitting mindset, you know. We we cut that out, and uh, and I think that that's a big learning. I have many moments like that where I picked up, uh, you know, lifelong things, but you don't know in the moment how, how strong that is, you know. But yeah, definitely for me, just never elaborate, never building off that quitting mentality. And and if I sense it, I almost force myself to do double the work for even thinking it. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, that's good, man. That's a good uh, mentality. Yeah. That's a good mentality, yeah. man. And then, uh, what is this? So, what is the talk of? Because I just recently heard about this. Obviously, a lot of people are expecting you to fight Max Holloway because it's the two available fights, and and that's a great fight, and you definitely yep. deserve that opportunity, and and will do really well. Um, but what is the talk of the Ultimate Fight? Because I know Dan is bringing back the Ultimate Fighter. Just found out about that, and now there's talk about possibly you being a coach with Holloway. Is that a rumor, or has that been talked about? Or I mean, I, I feel like. I feel like uh, if you throw out enough rumors, yeah. shit kind of just happens. <laughs> <laughs> just go so, for it, man. I mean, I'm down. It sounds great. Uh, yeah, I guess I gotta, I gotta visualize what I want better next. But I just don't. I, I honestly don't. I should be putting more thought into it. I, I, I want it to be a top level guy. I, I, I want. I honestly, part of me, sick part of me, just wants to fight all the contenders before I even get the opportunity for a belt. I just want to beat the guys where the work is. Like I want to take all these guys out that that are supposed to be next in line. It, it, that's the wrong. You know, you want to get that belt, you want to get yeah. that money, you know, all the right things. But the fighter in me just wants to take on on the, the work. And, but there ain't a tougher fight in the division probably than the Max Holloway. You know, he's arguably he's still the champion dude, in a lot of people's yeah. eyes. So yep. um, that would be an honor to step in there. And, and, and anybody that fights Max Holloway next and gets a W, I'm cool. They got my signature to fight for the belt next, you know. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, if that happens to be me, great. If it's one of the other guys cool you know but uh i love the opportunity to go out and compete against uh the goat uh, in the division one of them at least uh in max holloway and uh i think ultimate fighter would be really cool i'd love to go out and just kind of show a, a new group of guys kind of how we do things and what works for us in a training camp i'd love to be a part of that coaching role and um and i think we would kill it yeah yeah for sure man and yeah we'll see what happens i know it's definitely coming back I'm trying to find out details myself to, to see. Uh, I want to I want to try to get Dan on here and talk about it because I want to I want to find out myself like what's going on with the bringing back of Ultimate Fighter, man. Obviously, being on season one, it's like I'm always rooting for it, and uh, it's got to be coming yep. back big, man, or, or it wouldn't be coming back. So there's got to be some kind of cool stuff in in store. Well, you got to need a guy like Max Holloway, right? Though the name because but it, it's it's meant to build stars, right? Like you become a star to be on Ultimate Fighter, so it's like. You want to develop someone, but also maybe, you know, have someone drawing in the eye. So I think yep. it's a good fit. You got Max Holloway, that'll draw the attention. And then an up-and-coming prospect like myself that maybe, you know, people that haven't heard of me will be able to, you know, see part of my story. And, and then I think after that Max Holloway fight, 
it won't be uh, it'd be hard for them not to to know who I am. What's, it'll be interesting to find out what happens there for sure. I know you're young, man, and I know you're you're focused on fighting and winning championships. But I always ask people. Um, I started getting into business in my UFC career because obviously fighting doesn't last forever. You have to understand that, and and revolving revenue yeah. is what's going to keep you going for the rest of your life. Um, do you have anything that you're working on as far as business already? And then what is it that you would like to be doing in say ten years? Like what's your end game when when fighting's over with? I'm really open, but. Um, mainly I do like the promoting it, it, it's, it's a big headache, but if, if it was my sole focus, which, uh, you know, I feel like they, it, it would, I really would love to step things up a notch, but right now, we, you know, we're just trying to throw consistent, good shows just, uh, and, and we're the only promotion in New Hampshire. So it, it's, it, it's trying to create a platform to the guys that are in my area to get the opportunity that I have now, because if I didn't have combat zone, I wouldn't even be here. Like if it right. didn't exist, I wouldn't be here. So I want to kind of keep that alive for the guys and uh and, and girls and um so promoting would be a big thing for me i'd like to step it up a bit with that and then um i, I would be open to some type of commentary in, in the beginning just to just to do it seem like it'd be a fun for for a while you know maybe do some of that go to the events not have to cut weight show up to a fight week yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do have I, I see tyson my manager's schedule and what he does and i know he deals with a lot of shit but at the cool parts you know he's he's really he's got a lot of things to be to be happy about he's changing lives getting guys contracts to ufc things they've been waiting on their whole life it's a feel good uh you know thing as well if you have the right mindset if you're not a shady ass manager like most yeah. of these guys yeah. and uh <laughs> so i could be into the management i really want to do the promoting maybe commentary and uh eventually it'd be cool to open up a gym i just don't think i could be a coach and a fighter at the same time um and i gotta work on how how we develop that but Right now, I'm really being selfish on on seeing my career through yeah, and, and, uh, and and really building my resume, being being uh, the best fighter I could be, and then try to get uh, a leg up on that next step when the timing's a little bit better. But being mindful of it now, 100%. You're right to say that. Yeah, and, and you seem like a like just a normal guy, you know, like you're just a hardworking guy from Boston that wants to fight and be a champion. What is your take on these guys that are? that have like a shtick, you know, that are, that are like characters like your Henry's and, and your Colby's and your sugars and stuff like that. What's your take no, on that? It's tough, man. Like I don't hate, I don't hate on really anybody. Even the guys that are top four, like whatever, man, just figure your shit out and fucking fight. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't really hate on any of these guys, but, um, I don't, it's not really authentic to me. You know what I mean? So I, I try to you know be real and authentic and, um, but I get it, man. So they want to do the bullshit. They get sometimes, you know, the things that I won't cause I'm not selling out of myself. You know what I mean? I'm not really in that. Yeah. Uh, that's not who I am. So just stay true to who I am and, uh, you know, what I fight for. And I, I think that's enough motivation for me. And, um, you know, but if these guys, you know, these one of these guys that are acting want to get out of line, <laughs> I'm happy to reciprocate. I just don't like to lead the dance with the shit talking, all the bullshit. But uh, I definitely don't take any shit. If that's what you're asking, too, you know. And that's being authentic. I have a feeling it wouldn't really bother you. Like if people, if you fought one of these guys and they, they were, they were doing all this stuff, I just don't think it would bother you. I think you, <laughs> you would just go out there and try to yeah, beat them sort up. Of. It, it'd be hit or miss. It'd be hit or miss. It'd be how I'm feeling that day. A lot of times, I mean, it wouldn't really bother me, but, um, certain guys like maybe it, like I, I, I would have been very cool with doing that with a few guys, but see what happens is when you let that out. So, yeah, it's nice. Everyone gets to see it. But I like to keep them in and yeah. just bottle it up, and then I'm ready to just explode on fight night. Like that, I like to keep it. It's all energy, you know. I don't like to let it out. I like to bottle it up, 
and uh, and then come fight night, make these guys all pay for everything they said and done. You know, that's like usually my mindset in there. What, what do you think about Sean O'Malley with like his his thing going, getting so famous so fast, and then going out there and then having the situation that happened? I think he's talented, man. The kid's smooth. He's you definitely know, talented. I, maybe if uh, that would have been a great fight, had he got his leg hurt, but that was a legitimate kick that messed up his leg, in right. my opinion. And then, to, you know, I just don't like the dancing videos after. I think that's kind of like where you lost me a little bit, you know, because now yeah. you're just not really making sense to me. But prior to that, you know, yeah, you say all the shit you got to do. It's bold to, you know, talk some shit and then go out there and try to back it up. And he's been able to back it up a lot. But it's tough when you're not fighting, you know, maybe the best guys in the world and you're saying it. So it's like you kind of seem, you know, you, at best you might come off as a bully, this, that, you know. But as long as you back it up, you can pretty much say or do anything you want, um, you know, in the UFC. And I think it's... uh it, it's like they prefer it that way, you know, yeah. but uh, at the end of the day, it all comes down to getting your hand raised. And, and I do try to keep that Bill Belichick Patriots mindset, you know, yeah. on to the next fight, head down. Don't give these guys the locker room uh, material. And um, but at the same time, I got a lot of, you know, I got a little Boston in me, too. And, yeah. and, and sometimes <laughs> it comes out and uh, yeah, it, it, it's. It's fun, man. These guys, I think they talk a little too much, but um, hopefully they're getting into half as much training as they are doing talking. You know, there is something to what you just said, though, because I talked to Cheeto about it. I had Cheeto Vera on the show, and then I had Henry Cejudo on. And, you know, Cheeto obviously landed that kick and, and caused instability and in Sean's leg uh, multiple times before the ankle roll. So it wasn't like he just rolled his ankle. Um, and then I saw a breakdown. I mentioned in my last two podcasts, um, Stanley MMA did a breakdown on YouTube, and it had, like, Henry Cejudo on there where he got kicked in the same spot from Demetrius uh, Johnson. Yes. And so I had Henry on the show, and I asked him, and he thinks that's the move that's going to kind of change the sport because – Getting kicked behind the knee on the calf in that exact spot, he said that it did the same thing to him. It caused instability, and he couldn't put his foot down, and he ultimately rolled his ankle too. And He didn't stop, and he continued on, obviously. But uh, there's something there. I mean, that, there, there's there's a kick there that like uh, is below that knee behind the calf that's, that definitely causes some yep. damage and, and instability in the ankle. And I think that's going to be something that a lot of fighters are going to take note of now. Definitely, it's that's uh, the the lower like calf style kicks too are, are really tough to kind of check. But um, you know, there's other you could there's a there's a ways to deal with everything. It's just you know try not to be there to get kicked in the first yeah, place. That's, that's easier a, said than done. But it's a good I felt plan. like with the Jeremy fight, like I, I you know I checked I checked like all the kicks, uh, all of Jeremy's kicks almost. You know, but I felt like maybe yeah, I could check too them. many. You know, not that it was out too much, but you can also check too many. You try not to be there at least a little bit, but. Um, you know, yeah, dealing with kicks, they all kind of threw that at me. I was just a boxer after that, you know, Burgos fight and then, you know, Moicano with the kicks. But um, I, from what I see, uh, these guys moving a lot and then they're relying on trying to pick at me with the kicks because they don't really want a part of it with the hands. And, and they're trying to kind of, you know, squeak out W's, which it's all fair game, man. You know, I'm not, yeah, it is what it is. You, you, you want a good, you know, but you see the way I'm losing and you see the way I'm winning, you know, and uh, eventually I think in the long run, once I tighten up with all these little holes, which I feel like I've done a, a good job at putting in the work and, uh, you know, addressing the things that even off wins, you know, addressing things that we could be doing better. And I think eventually it's going to uh, all catch up to these guys, man. That's why we work so hard. But um, yeah, that was a, that, the, the whole mindset, man. Like I, I like those guys. He, he's, uh, he's an exciting guy to watch. And yeah, it is fun to hear him, you know, shit talk every now and then, but um, when when it doesn't go your way, yeah. you got to be a little, you know, humble in defeat yeah. and defeat, and maybe give a guy's due the stat. But who knows, man? That that's for them to figure out.
Well, last I want to ask you for a couple breakdowns. What is your thoughts on the uh, Khabib Gaethje fight? Badass fight, man. Uh, I'm a fan of both. Gaethje's just got that X factor. He can always end the fight at any moment. And then, uh, you know, but Khabib, if you don't end the fight, <laughs> he's eventually just going to wear you down yeah. and end it himself. So I feel like when you say when you say a fight, you got to say it going one of two ways, right? That's, that's the way you, you do a fight prediction. In my mind, it's like, well, either, you know, Khabib can get past those dangerous strikes and actually land a takedown or... Or if uh, you know Gagey can defend his takedowns, keep it on his feet. You know we we'll have to just see who can implement their game plan the best. And um, it, yeah, it's definitely, it's an exciting fight, man. A lot on the line. And I couldn't imagine being a guy that could be where you know we've all got that. Most of us got that loss out of the way, almost in a sense. You know where it's just like, man, you pick up your, you pick up where you were, you move forward, and it's like it sucks, but you got that uh, moving forward. You kind of lose the pressure of that one L. But when you're on that. Mayweather or Khabib or all these guys are in the undefeated range. It's like every time you step in there, man, it's like that zero is always all on the line. Yeah. And, um, that's a lot of pressure. Man. So it, it might dictate, change the way you fight. You might fight a little safer, right? Or, you know, Gage is going out there reckless. He don't give a fuck. So he's, you know, he's going to go It's a crazy there. fight, man. It's just an interesting style matchup, right? Like the guy that doesn't give a fuck and he's dangerous or the guy that's very dangerous but is, he might be a little safer because he's got a lot on the line, man. It's tough. Yeah. I, I've always said I, I do honestly feel my I mean, he's my teammate. I'm biased, but I, I I've always felt that Khabib could be the guy, the one MMA fighter that could retire undefeated, um, fighting the yes. best fighters in the world. But this is the scariest fight for me because this is a man who can end the fight. And if anyone's going to beat uh, Khabib, it's going to be someone like Gaethje. And and, and actually, it, it, yeah. not even someone like Gaethje. Gaethje, yeah, you know, with his with his wrestling and with his <laughs> yeah. with his boxing. So it's like it's a scary fight. Gaethje, you know, yeah. it's it's not like a, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna be holding my breath during that fight because you know at any given second one of those freaking punches can land or four of them, and it could change everything. Yep. But I will say, Khabib stand up, man. Like it's good. It's gotten a lot better. Is you know, it's gotten a lot better. When you look at his earlier fights and some of the shots he was throwing. Uh, you know, he definitely had to tighten that up, but he did that. And I, that's why I think it's almost easier to always teach a, like a wrestler or a guy that's going on the ground some stand-up, you know, some basics on how to just defend themselves, working their way in a transition from takedowns and things, as opposed to, you know, the stand-up guy trying to teach him the, just the ground and all that. That's just my thought on it. But it depends who's coaching and what basic learning, who the athlete is. But generally speaking, I think you teach a guy like a beeb, a little stand-up, man, good luck. Hobbs, Hobbs is coach, and, and Hobbs has taught him amazing stand-up. It's actually it, it blows my mind how good his stand-up has gotten. But that's Hobbs and, and Khabib. I have no say in their strategy. I have no say in their training. But I wouldn't personally yeah. go in there with the stand-up uh, you know, strategy, being <laughs> Khabib, and being so good at where he's at. I, I wouldn't change it up at all if I, if I was the coach. I would say, Khabib, just yeah. go do your thing, bro. Like, <laughs> go do your thing. What else do you say to that guy? I don't think anybody should say anything to that guy. Let him do his thing. Yeah, he doesn't need it. He's getting it done. I think he could be that one guy, too, that retires undefeated. I wonder. It's tough, man, because you start playing into the all this shit that, like, you shouldn't be asking, but you're kind of curious about is, say he wins this fight, like, who's he fighting next? You never look a guy like Gagey, man, because Gagey could be that guy. Yeah. But, they're talking about the GSP and then uh, and then who else that, that that would be amazing if you ever fought a GSP and a 30th. Like I think either way it would be a good a fight. I mean, I think yeah. either way, even no matter what happens with him and Gagey, it would still be a good fight. But yeah, of course, it wouldn't have near the meaning in, in, unless he beats Gagey. And we can't overlook Gagey, of course. But yeah, I mean, if he maybe you introduce a picture, picture you picture you introduce a 65 pound weight class with that. Uh, which way to open up a 65 yeah. weight class and a GSP? 
Khabib, right? And then that's his fear. Kinda, it's a big move, man. But yeah, I feel for you heavier weights, man. That's a, those are big jumps in those weight classes sometimes. Man. 70, 85, 205. It's up there, man. Yeah, it's a big one, man. And then I love Stylebender. I love his style. I think he, he, he's definitely got some great movement. But, man, Costa is a freaking beast. He is a I'm excited. beast. I'm dude. really excited. I, I, I mean, I, I'm having to pick. I mean, I'm not having no disrespect to, to Stylebender here on this one, but I'm having to go with uh, with Costa, man. I really think he's going to win this fight and be the next big champ in that division. Let me ask you something. If he does win that fight, who can you even imagine that would take him out? Who would be the champ? Like, who's the guy that to beat Costa, right? You have to think for a little I'm bit. I'm glad I fought, like, before, man, because I wouldn't want to fight that dude, and that was in my division. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I wouldn't want to fight guys like that, know. you know? So crazy, but I mean, Style Bender is the truth, man. The guy's the guy's the real deal. He's done what he had to do with everybody. Yep. He's real All respect precise, to him for sure. Clean, it's like that's the style you got to have to beat a Costa. Yep. But almost the other way around, you almost got to be a Costa to beat a, a Style. That's why it's going to be so interesting. They, they yeah. really are each other's kryptonite. It's going to make for an amazing fight. I'm really excited about that one because I got a lot of respect for both guys. I'm 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 really excited for that fight. Cejudo sold me on him a little bit more because during the podcast, the last one I posted, uh, he mentioned that he went down to Brazil and trained with uh, Costa. And he said he's the hardest training oh guy he's ever seen. I don't know, but he said he's the he's hardest the training guy he's ever seen. So when you have an Olympic level, uh, you know, Olympic gold medalist saying that somebody's the hardest yeah. training person they've ever seen, you have to believe Costa's putting in work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, and he's yeah. that already that big. His I know that his uh, his striking statistics are actually better. Um, he has more accuracy and more strikes per minute than uh, than Stylebender. So technically his That's striking scary. isn't as bad as what people think they think he's only a big strong guy it's not the case and if he's training as hard as Cejudo saying i have to go with him on this one he sounds like the terminator i'm going yeah. to break his <laughs> yeah. face i love it man i love just that brazilian yeah. terminator <laughs> it's like, that, yeah it's uh, crazy it's gonna be a crazy crazy fight, fight man. i'm excited when is that fight that, these are all coming up in what september right and then the the yeah. gagey uh Oh, it's October, right? I think it's week after week for the next two, and I think it's uh, it, it, Tyron. My boy Tyron Woodley's going to fight. He's going to fight Colby. Can't wait for that fight. Tyron's been training hard. Um, so I think it's week after week. So I think Tyron's fighting Colby this week, this weekend, and then I think it's going to be – well, no, it's obviously Michelle fighting this weekend. Tyron fighting next weekend, yep. and then I think it's going to be uh, the Costa fight versus Stylebender the next weekend, I think. I'm not sure where Khabib Gaethje plays into that. It may be a week or two away from then. I don't know. Hey. Shout out to Dana White for keeping us all busy, though. Yeah, right? hell I mean, yeah, dude. Considering where all these other sports are, man, I think we've only, you know, gone up in stock. And, and yeah, that's great, man. What a time to be a UFC fighter uh, in 2020, man. Crazy. But I, I'm coming out there and visiting you sometime. I was about I to tell that, you, dude. Uh, I was early, about to ask that you. That was an invite, right? Yeah, well, I was about to ask you. When, this, when the borders open up, man, and, and you have your fight and, and you get done with your next fight, come out there, man, and you can uh, work some more of those elbows and some knees. And, and dude, we yes. got a we got a huge gym, bro. You're going to love it. We got the islands. We got everything. I've seen it, man. Everything. I on Instagram. I got, I'm going to follow up. Yeah, I got more questions for you. Like you said, these ones are for off camera. But uh, yeah. definitely got a laundry list of questions for you out there in time. I've never been, man. I'm excited to go. And I just need a gym to get the work in because if I don't, then, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I'm going to be in the in the rainforest of thailand wherever it is out there and just never never come back yeah i know you're, you're more than welcome brother and like uh, just let me know as soon as you can i want to have you back on the show too man when you get a fight booked and and we'll catch up and uh, see how your camp is and uh and, and uh get an update i'm with it 
Great talking, man. Appreciate the time. Well, listen, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to talk to me. It's been great to get to know you more. You know, I'm obviously a fan. I love watching you fight. Likewise. And I didn't know a lot of these things that we talked about. So it's it's been a great conversation for me. Yeah, honestly, man, a better podcast I've done in a while. I like it. Take your time a little more, ask different questions. These are the types of things I like to do, man. Some of the other ones are a little too, like, you know, just it's not as, like, casual. You know, I like yeah. the casualness of it all, man. Cool, man. I'm glad you but, like uh, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not bullshitting you. If you want to come out and train with you, man, and, and uh, you seem like a cool dude, man, I'd definitely be interested in making my way out there and train with you sometime. 100%, buddy. All you got to do is text me. We'll set it up, and uh, I promise you, you'll have the time of your life out here, bro. Shoot me uh, shoot me your number on the Skype message, and, and I'll save you. I'll shoot you a text. You got it, brother. Take care, man. All right. Good talking, man. Thanks again. All right. Calvin Cater. What a great conversation. Um, man, I've, I was already a fan of this guy, and now I'm a bigger fan, you know, after hearing a story. He seems like such a nice guy. He's paid his dues. He's got a lot of experience. Um, I see him doing big things in the sport, and it was an honor to have this conversation and find out all this stuff that I don't think anyone knows. I think, I think that uh, we tapped into a lot of cool stuff about his past that he hasn't shared before. And I think that's going to be very useful for a lot of you out there that are fans that follow him, uh, young fighters. I think we kind of touched on everything. So I think it was a very good podcast. I'm very happy with it. Um, all the best to Calvin. I hope I'll bring him back on the show again uh, before his next fight and definitely hope he comes to Thailand and uh, works on some more of those elbows and, and, and picks up some more Muay Thai. Uh, the only thing better than him landing those awesome Muay Thai elbows in a fight is if he learned them at AK Thailand. That, that would be the only thing better. Um, but anyway, thanks for watching. I hope you took from it. Hope you had a good time. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you're on YouTube, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Subscribe. Hit the bell. That's what my media guys say. Hit the bell. Uh, I guess it gives you like a notification so that when the videos come out, you uh, actually can find out somehow on your phone and then watch it um, and hopefully enjoy it. If you're on the audio platform, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, you can review us there. You can subscribe or follow or whatever they allow you to do. Uh, we appreciate the support as always, guys. We're always trying to answer your questions on the on the definitely the YouTube and and the forums. Um, but we greatly appreciate the support. Any critique you have, uh, we, we'd love to hear. Uh, if you want to uh, see certain guests, let us know. We've actually brought guests on the show because of your recommendations, so we do listen to you. Uh, we, we want to get guests that, that are interesting conversations that we can have and share. So you're, you're the guys that know. I mean, you, you know what you want. So let us know. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. Thanks. And uh, see you next time.